Today is a special Sabbath, not because the weather system is coming this way and uh, because it's raining in the middle of the winter. Uh, today is a special Sabbath because the Ontario Conference is placing a special emphasis on uh, the eastern central Ontario. Our all directors are preaching in different churches this morning and uh, eastern central Ontario. So I was asked to come to Belleville and I'm happy to be here. Uh, our plan was for this for today that all of our churches will be asked to go to two different locations in the afternoon. One would be Kingston for the afternoon um, special training or discussion of workshops on disciple making and another half of the region to go to College Park Church for the afternoon uh, workshop training. But because of the weather condition we decided to cancel that. Uh, we are sorry that last night around 7 o'clock we had to make that call because apparently the weather is not going to be good and it's going to be very tough to drive especially in the evening. So it's my pleasure to be here as well uh, because we would like to start new year with a new message. It's not new new, it's old new message but we would like to put extra emphasis on disciple making. Somehow Christianity started calling this process discipleship and then discipleship went in so many different directions and we even lost the track of the, thing, or the, the definition what is really a disciple. So that's why we started this new year and this is for the second year in a row that we are putting emphasis on disciple making through a special a word that is combined, compound of two words, disciple shift. So the essence of this paradigm shift, of this term disciple shift, is being a true disciple of Jesus, not just convert. It is invitation to go back to original, to be disciple and to make disciples. So disciples that experience the second conversion. Let me explain this. All of us who are here today, for sure, we experienced first conversion. First conversion is when we learn about Jesus Christ and we decided to join, to join him, to follow him. And we left the world and we joined Jesus Christ. But this is not enough. What we need, we need a second conversion. The second conversion is to understand Jesus, to get to know him, to see how he is important is, and to understand the world needs Jesus, and then to take Jesus and take Jesus back to the world. Some of us, we enjoy just staying around Jesus and enjoying and, and learning about him and just self-benefiting from it. But that's not enough. It's not, it's not enough just to be a disciple, to, to be a follower. We just need to make somebody else follower of Christ. So the second conversion is basically taking Jesus back to the world. Be active as a Christian. Saving the lost because Jesus is coming soon. What is the extended outcome of this initiative? Uh, John Kennedy was visiting 
the space the space center it was 1962 and as he was visiting NASA space center center he noticed a one janitor carrying a broom and he was very busy so it was interesting that John Kennedy president of US decided to to stop delegation and he approached the janitor and he asked him so what do you do what are you doing well mr. president the janitor responded I am helping put a man on the moon I'm helping to put men on the moon yes he was janitor he was just making sure that the toilets are clean and the, the all the rooms are clean but he had a vision he did that because he's helping to put a man on the moon total member involvement everybody can do something in growing the kingdom it's not just the privilege of few everybody needs to do something all of us who are called and who assume that we are followers of Christ we need to find our place in that journey of growing the kingdom so that's discipleship we want to be active disciples we want to be involved and be engaged in disciple making evangelism all of us involved in mission yes pastor it's this is easy to say but where should we start I have recommendation let's start first just be kind is that hard just be kind do acts of kindness no strings attached whenever you go just be kind why how is that going to assist in growing the kingdom do you mind I show you the quote if we would humble ourselves before God and be what kind and courteous and tender-hearted and pitiful there will be 100 conversions to the truth where now there is only one do you understand do you see the secret how can we grow the kingdom just by being kind because we are allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work let us humble and just be kind the second outcome we would like to see is being intentional in reaching the community reaching out to the community this is the research done and uh, in the book churchless what those who are outside not attending the church would say about the church how will church earn their trust and this is the definition one way to change people's mind about your church is to do things in and for your community that are valuable visible and memorable this is the invitation for us as the churches church leadership to to go and to review our calendars so calendar of the events we need to see our events what we do as a church and to ask ourselves how is this valuable how is this visible how is this memorable for my community if something cannot pass this test then simply discontinue discontinue doing it 
and do something that is more valuable. Disciple shift is to shift from tradition and to be real, to be more effective. This is an invitation to all of us to revisit the way how we live Christian life. This is an invitation for all of us to humble and to allow, to gather together and to, and to pray and allow Holy Spirit to lead us what is the best way for us to move forward so we can be and do things that are more valuable, visible, and memorable for our communities. There is a need for a shift. We need to, be stop, we need, we need to stop being Martha Church. You know Martha, Martha and Mary, two sisters. Martha was the busy one, you know. Uh, Jesus came to their home and she was the busy. There's nothing wrong to be busy. She prepared the lunch and food and she wanted really to, uh, to be hospitable, to, to make sure that Jesus feels good and disciples in, in their home. But Mary was, the, Mary was the one. She decided to spend most time with Jesus and to listen to his stories. Some Sometimes, I should say most of the times as we go, as I go to our churches, and you know I go every Sabbath different church, we are more like Martha church, busy, busy events and announcements sometimes, announcements time is longer than sermon time, right? Because we're busy, we're doing, there's nothing wrong to be busy, but as we are being busy, make sure to find time to spend with Jesus. So we, we need to be, because we are in, in Martha world, it's a busy world, so the church tries to be also a busy church. So how about us to be a merry church? Put more emphasis on Jesus, to spend more time about Jesus, thinking about Him. That's, yes, you can say, Pastor, yeah, that's uh, uh, nice what you said. It's, it's good that we should focus more on spirituality, but how? Is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? How is this possible? How is this possible? I would like this morning, as for the rest of the time that I have, to give attention, our attention, to uh, John chapter 3. John chapter 3, where we are going to study about Anicodemus. He was known to be a secret disciple. He was discipled by the secret disciple. So yes, we can be disciples. We can call ourselves to be followers of Christ. But are we secret disciples or we are true disciples? That's the question. So Nicodemus was called to be a secret disciple. Jesus challenged Nicodemus to become his true disciple and to follow him as being born again. Experiencing the second conversion. The question that he asked is found in John chapter 3, verse 9. How can these things be? That is the question we would like to answer this morning. Allow me to say a word of prayer. Loving Father, you're going to open your word. We trust that you prepare our hearts so we will receive what you want us to receive. Each one of us. We need a special message. May your spirit talk to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Nicodemus was a highly educated and honored member of the National Council. He had been moved 
by the signs that Jesus performed, miracles he performed. And he's, he became a follower of Christ just because of the signs. We can, how, how do we know that? If you read the chapter 3, verse 2 says, The man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do. He was just impressed, so impressed with the sign that Jesus did. But here, we ask a question. How do we know about Nicodemus? How, does John, how did John know what happened that night between Jesus and Nicodemus? This, this story is found in John chapter 3. For those of you who are still looking, John chapter 3 from verse 1. So we have a story about Nicodemus. And it says that he would come to Jesus by, by night. The question is, how did John know about this? Hmm? What do you think? How did John know about this? It was secret, is it? Sorry? The Holy Spirit revealed? Okay, anybody else? Jesus might? Okay. Anybody else? Nicodemus was changed. Okay. Excellent. Don't steal my sermon, okay? I'm coming there. Yes. Yes. So, how do we know about this? How did John know and he wrote this? I found a quote. It is going to... Uh, Answer this. Nicodemus told John the story of that interview. And John recorded it for the instruction of millions. That truth taught there are as important today as they were important that solemn night. I do believe Nicodemus was the one who shared with John. You know why? John was known... To collect all these important things. The, the, John says in John chapter 20 verse 30, 31. Jesus' disciples saw him do many other miracles, signs besides the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe. You see us readers throughout the centuries. All those who are going to read the gospel of John will find stories there. That are salvific stories. These stories will bring us to believe. To trust in the Lord. That Jesus is the Messiah. The Son of God. And that by believing in Him. You will have life. John couldn't write. Many things in the book. That Jesus did. But he says. There wouldn't be a space in the, in the book enough. But what he wrote there. Will bring salvation will be encouraging and will bring faith, encourage our faith in our lives. So when we read Gospel of John, let me give you now one advice. Pay attention to every word in Gospel of John. Because it was, it was carefully drafted. Every single word has a meaning. There's a reason why that word is, the word is there. Because John spent time inspired by the Holy Spirit to select and to put this together so he can send a message to the millions to come to you and me. So that's what we are going to do. We are going to try to identify, to unpack and to understand what was Nicodemus' problem that he was called a secret disciple. 
If we could find that, we will try to avoid this in our own lives. So what I believe that in the first three, verse, three verses, John sent us a message to, to understand what is the problem. What was the economist's problem? So we know the, more, the most and the main problem was here. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But something else is preventing or was preventing the Cardimus to be born again. I believe those same things are preventing me and you to experience second conversion. Every Christian needs to experience to be baptized by water and by the Spirit. So the first problem, we're reading sentence by sentence, first three verses. There was a man of the Pharisees, so what do we know about Nicodemus? John wanted us to first to meet Nicodemus as somebody who, is, who was Pharisee. There was a man of the Pharisees. He was a Pharisee, self-righteous, law-keeper. He believed by being born Jew and by keeping the law, salvation is secured. It is the tradition that directed his life and spirituality. See, it was believed if you're born Jew that you are blessed and saved and you are eternal. Does it mean if I am, I am fifth generation Adventist, will that make me to be that I am now saved? You see, sometimes we believe if we just join the church and we are members of the church that we are saved. You're saved because you're trusting Jesus Christ. Because you believe in Jesus Christ. So self-righteousness. If we do something, we believe God is going to return. Bless me, God is going to grant me salvation. This is not what will bring us to experience second conversion. The first problem the Cardinals faced is that he was a self-righteous one. There is a quote from Desire of Ages, excellent book. He who is trying to reach heaven by his own works in keeping the law is attempting an impossibility. There is no safety for one who has merely a legal religion, a form of godliness. Please, what can we learn from here? Every day ask yourselves, am I doing religion? Or I am just journeying religion with my Jesus. You cannot earn your salvation. It's a free gift. It's experience of grace. We need to enjoy that grace every morning. Don't become Pharisee of the modern time. It's about not what we can do. It's about what He does through us or in me. Or read me. It's about his righteousness, not my righteousness. But we easily confuse these two. So easily because Satan wants us to confuse. That's easier. It's easier to believe if I do, God is going to do for me. That's the first problem. The second problem is we continue reading. Name Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. You see, Nicodemus, 
It's a Greek word, Greek name, and there is a meaning. It means conqueror, conqueror. Do you see oxymoron here? His name was conqueror, and he was afraid. He was coming secretly by night. He was afraid of, of Jews' fear, fear of Jews. See, he had a title and a good name, but not the power. He lacked the power to overcome fear of the Jews. He lacked the power to display his faith publicly. He was afraid to be publicly seen with Jesus. He was conqueror. He believed that he conquered everything in his life. He followed every single law. He was faithful to fulfill the commandments. And he believed by doing that, he's in control of his life. But yet, he needed to be born again to earn the kingdom. Not by doing. So my dear friends, how often we in our lives, we want to be Christians, we want to be followers, we want to be Seventh-day Adventists. We want to belong to a movement within the Christian world to proclaim the three angels' messages, to send a message and to tell Jesus is coming soon, be prepared. But at the same time, we don't want people to know us as Seventh-day Adventists. How often we are calling ourselves Christians and disciples only when we are just in the church. But outside there, we mix with people quite nicely. Nobody sees the difference. We are afraid. That's the fear of the Jews when you are Christian of convenience. We are Christians only that's convenient to us. We need to get out of our comfort zone. We need to really be real all the time. Be real. I like this millennials and generation Z, I generation. This is the most recent generation among young, young people. And they like, and they tell us, just be real. Don't fake it. Be real. That's the message. Be real. There is a quote, another quote I would like to share here. It's coming from the same book, Desire of Ages, 172. The Christian's life is not a modification or improvement of the old, but a transformation of nature. There is a death, a death to self and sin and a new life altogether. This change can be brought about only by the effectual working of the Holy Spirit. You see, what we need, it's not for us to do something, to, to bring ourselves to, to the second conversion. It is to allow for the Holy Spirit to take us there. So let's remember this too, that this, the Christian life is not calling from, for just a simple change. It is transformation. It's called for new heart. It's divine surgery. We need a new heart. Only one, only surgeon who can do this is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The third problem, the last one is, we read, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher 
come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is within him. Here refers to Jesus how? As a rabbi, right? As a, he acknowledged Jesus as a teacher from God, but not the promised Messiah. Do you see the difference? For him, teacher is just somebody who is with God, but not his long-awaited Messiah. What the lesson we can learn from, from Nicodemus is, we need to ask ourselves today, what is Jesus is in my life? What is Jesus to me? What is Jesus that, that we share, that we share to others? Is he just somebody who came in the history of human history and, and, and he was here and he was, God, was son of God or he is my savior? Sorry, my savior. It's what the difference between a follower, just a follower and true disciple is a personal relationship with Christ. Personal relationship with Christ. It's not just what we know about Jesus. It is what he is in my life. I was born in the church. I can literally say that I am, yes. Come. He believed that the Holy Spirit was the one behind his works because of the signs. If you read John chapter 2, last, last few two verses, you will see that that John is describing the group of people who believed in Jesus as a, as a prophet or as a teacher. And that God sent him, the same as it was sent John. John was sent by God and it was Holy Spirit there. Yes. Thank you. Very good question. So, what is Jesus in my life? As I said, I was born in the church. I'm PK, pastor's kid. And three generations of pastors in my family. My dad is a pastor. My uncle is a pastor. Another uncle is a pastor. So Jesus for me, I'm honest. When I was a kid in the church, growing in the church, Jesus for me was just my father's, my mom, Jesus. He was somebody that I listened about, good stories, nice stories. But it took time for Jesus to become my personal Savior. It took time. Let's revisit. What is Jesus in your life? Is it somebody who is convenient you can go to and pray? Is somebody who is helping you? Or is somebody who is your Savior, not just your Savior, who is somebody who is in the business of saving the lost. Nicodemus had come to the Lord thinking to enter into a decision with him. Discussion, sorry, with him. Discussion with him. But Jesus laid bare the foundation principles of truth. He said to Nicodemus, it is not theoretical knowledge you need so much as spiritual regeneration. You need not to have your curiosity satisfied, but to have a new heart. You must receive a new life from above before you can appreciate heavenly 
things. You see, I see so often us in the churches, we are so much about knowing more. We are curious about, have you, have, you, have you heard about Pope, about this, about that? And we are just listening to pastors who are sharing just good stories, conspiracies. And this is where we go. This is what we listen. This is what feeds our heart. And you know what? That feeds our fear too. The only thing that moves fear away is what? Is love. We know that the time is, is ending. We know that we, are hearing, we will hear lots of these stories, strange stories, strange things happening out there. That's why when we get to church, we need to talk about Jesus. To get to know Him, to find, to be encouraged, not to be more fearful and to, and to build up our fear. There is a place for that. But we need to ask, to ask ourselves, is this primary reason why we come to church? To share what we know. We have to share who we are, our experiences with Jesus. That is going to prepare us. That is going to, to get us ready. What did Jesus say? Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless somebody has experienced second conversion, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you see how this message is timely? If we know that time is, is, the time is coming, and it's less and less time on this earth, what we need to do, we need to be focused on what is going to get us the kingdom, which is the second conversion. How can these things be? How can these things be? We know what is preventing us from that. Self-righteousness or self-centeredness. We don't come to church to be entertained. We don't come to church to feel good. We come to church to worship Him. He needs to be center of our attention when we come to church. He needs to be in our heart. When we leave this place, we need to leave this place encouraged in Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. Amen. Not knowing more, but being more. Being more with Jesus. The fear of Jews also is preventing us to experience second conversion. This is that we are afraid. We are not real Christians. We are not real about Jesus out there. We do Jesus. We talk Jesus only when this is convenient to us. We need to be intentional all the time. We cannot wait just on church to tell us what to do. What we need to do, we need to take initiative. Discipleship is for church leadership to stop doing things and start supporting things. Let me explain this. We would like to invite all those who come to church, to Bellwood Church, visitors, members. Think, how can you bless somebody else out there? You start first on your own. And you see the Holy Spirit is, is growing that ministry. Then you will come to a pastor and say, Pastor, 
I have a Bible study going. Or I have, I love this garden there. You have some project that you're doing for community. And I need more help. I cannot do it alone. And then the church will join and assist. Organic evangelism. That's what we need. Organically to go to be involved. By the, Holy, the help of the Holy Spirit. Don't wait on somebody to give you an idea what to do. You ask the Lord and pray. Holy Spirit, show me where you want me to go. What is my place to do? It maybe is just to take a broom and just to make this church clean. But then make it to be the nicest building in, on the street. Amen. You see, I cannot do much. My, my ministry right now is to travel a lot and to, and to visit pastors and to, and to do lots of work in administration. I said, Lord, what is my mission now? What do you want me to do? So I was compared. The Holy Spirit wanted me to make sure that my, my, my lawn, my, my grass is the nicest in the street. And I'm trying my best. You don't believe it, how many people would come, stop, and just stop, ask me. So how do you make it this? How do you do it? How do you? And we talk about Creator. We talk about so many things. It's simple. Just be kind. Be who you are. It's not, it's not hard to be Jesus' followers. And then we need to really commit to Jesus. If Jesus is not our number one priority, He is not our priority at all. Can you repeat this? If Jesus is not our number one priority, He is not our priority at all. That's another time for sermon, but let's move on. We may... Flatter ourselves as did Nicodemus that our lives and our moral characters have been correct and think that we need not humble our heart before God like the common sinner. But we must be content to enter into life in the very same way as the chief of the sinners. Self must die. We must not trust our own righteousness but depend on the righteousness of Christ. He is our strength and our hope. Please remember this. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's everything. Brother said that Nicodemus changed. We know about Nicodemus later on in John 19. And let us read about this, and then we're going to close shortly. So we read first about Nicodemus, who was seen as a secret disciple. And then we read about Nicodemus in John 19, verse 38 and 39. After this, 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 this is after crucifixion. Okay, you, When you go home, you can read a few chapters before. After this, Joseph of Arimathea. And a disciple of Jesus, but secretly. Being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly. You see, Joseph also was another disciple who would come to Jesus by night, secretly. For fear of the Jews. You see the reason? Asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And who? Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who at the first came to Jesus by night. Again, secret disciple also came bringing a mixture of mirror and alloy about a hundred pounds 45 kilos 
He could not hide this. Can you imagine? Do you, do you, do you see, do you imagine Nicodemus taking all this in public? Then they took the body of Jesus and buried. Do you imagine Nicodemus? Before? Coming by night, secretly. Nobody can see him. And now, entire Judea was at the time in Jerusalem. Everybody was there. There was not much time. The sunset was coming. He, was, he needs to hurry. He went back and he, he got all this big container. Maybe he put on the donkey. Maybe he just carried And he went straight, him and Joseph. All disciples, they ran away. But he remained there until the end. Someone who was afraid of Jews... Now he's publicly expressing his commitment and love to Jesus. What happened to Nicodemus? What happened to him? What a change. Not just that. We have from Acts of the Apostles. We know what we read about the Bible. But there is a more. At the time when the Jews were trying to destroy the infant church. Nicodemus came forward in its defense. No longer cautious and questioning, he encouraged the fate of disciples and used his wealth in helping to sustain the church in Jerusalem and advancing the work of the gospel. Do you see the shift? Do you see the shift? Somebody who would come to Jesus by night, why? Saving his wealth. He didn't want to lose his position. He didn't want to lose his wealth. Now, he doesn't care about that. He gave his his, his title. He gave everything. He gave his wealth just because of Jesus. To support the church. Once you are through disciple of Jesus. You don't need to be asked to give. You are giving because you see there is a need for that. You don't need to be asked to do something. You are doing because you see there is a need for that. The second conversion. Brings you in position then that organically you, you, you want to support. You're not waiting. You're observing. You see and you try to fill the gaps whenever it's needed. That's the true disciple. That's discipleship. What did happen to Nicodemus that empowered him and caused such significant change and shift? Now this is not the end of my sermon. I'm going to try to answer this question. All right, this is the key. What had happened to Nicodemus? We know that he came by night. We know he was a secret disciple. And now he is a public disciple. He's not afraid. He is helping all his heart. I don't want to, me to tell you. Let's read here. Inside of pages, page 776. Nicodemus, when he saw Jesus lifted up on the cross, remembered his words spoken by night in the Mount of Olive. When, Je when he saw Jesus lifted up on the cross, he remembered that Jesus told him about Israel when they left Egypt, about a time when there were so, so many poisonous snakes coming to destroy Israel completely. And Moses was instructed to resurrect a tree. And there was a 
animal at the time snake representing somebody who is to become like a snake to come here and to to become a human and in him there is going to be salvation at the time there was just a story in Israel they would generate for generation they would repeat that story but finally application was there in dawn on him there was Jesus the only salvation, the life, the second chance is given only in Him. Amen. If we believe in the Word, and this is going to happen. And the very event that destroyed the hope of disciples convinced Joseph and Nicodemus of the divinity of Jesus. Their fears were overcome by the courage of firm and unwavering faith. Amen. What they saw at the cross, it was sacrifice. Right, love, forgiveness. That's what he saw at the cross. So Jesus alone said, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. This he said, signifying for what that he would die. What Jesus is saying, only me on the cross. Is real attraction for people. That will bring change. Nothing else. I love this quote. Hanging, hanging up on the cross. Christ was the gospel. If we really want to know what is the gospel. This is the definition of gospel. Christ hanging on the cross. You know what Satan did? He wanted to make something that was extra special to be very common. And we see now Jesus of the cross cross everywhere. And he lost the purpose. For for the first time, the cross was introduced to Israel. He brought life immediately as soon as they saw the, the, the tree. Cross has a power. But not just the cross. Jesus hanging on the cross is the gospel. That's the good news. That will bring... So this is our message. This is our argument. Our doctrine. Our warning to the impenitent. Our encouragement for the sorrowing. The hope for every believer. If we cannot awaken an interest. If we can awaken the interest in men's minds. That will cause them to fix their eyes on Christ. We may step aside and ask them only to continue to fix their eyes upon the Lamb of God. Let me unpack this. Yes, we do have six doctrines as a church. We have 28 beliefs. We do have different theologies. But let me be clear. Only this gospel, handing Christ up on the cross, will bring a disciple shift in our church, in our lives. All your visiting the Jesus Christ, understanding what happened on the cross, will bring the change. Not the knowledge about him. Nicodemus, he knew all his signs, and that's what attracted him to Jesus. It was good to hear, to be around him. He felt good, but that was not enough. We as disciples, we are called not just to be saved. We are called to save others. Only the cross will bring that message. Because Jesus died, not because of his sins. 
He's died because of my and your sins. He did this because, not because, because himself. He humbled himself. He lost everything for you and I, I and you to gain everything. You see? When you look at the cross, the only message you can get, do the same. Do the same. Sacrifice yourself. Show love. Be somebody else to somebody. It's going to bring salvation. What is now disciple making? Here, this is the message. What we need to do first, we need to fix our eyes on Christ. And then, if we can awaken an interest in man's mind, that will cause them to fix their eyes on Christ. This is what we need to do. Anything that we do, it just needs to take that person and to fix their eyes to Christ. That's it. When you have a friend or somebody that you walk, you walk a journey together, you are discipling him just by pointing his eyes to Jesus. Once you see that his eyes are always on Jesus, that's okay. You let him go. Now you move to somebody else. And you help that person to fix eyes just on Jesus. Not on doctrines, on this and that. That is coming. But the first thing, once you have his eyes on Jesus, Christ on the cross, understanding that, it's okay. Let him be. Go to the next one. That's disciple making. That's the good news. You know what we do? Redef we redefine the gospel. And we believe the gospel is, 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 is eating uh, vegetarian food. That's a good for us. Maybe it's a gospel for somebody, but that's not the gospel of the gospels. We need to go to what is the cross of Christ will be the science and the song of the redeemed through all eternity. Can you imagine? We'll spend eternity just to understand and to unpack what the cross means. It will be well for us to spend a thoughtful hour each day in contemplating of the life of Christ. And here, especially the closing ones. Why? As we does dwell upon His great sacrifice for us, our confidence in Him will be more constant, our love will be quickened, and we shall be more deeply imbued with what? His Spirit. Do you see where the Holy Spirit will come, where the new... When the, when the new birth will come, when the second conversion will come, the cross has the power. All these obstacles will be removed once we focus our Christianity on hanging Christ up on the cross. The cross of Christ moves the world. The cross of Calvary changes and will finally what? Vanquish every earthly and hellish power. You see, where's the power? If you read Ephesians 6, you will see that on the cross, all the powers, principalities were defeated. In the cross, all influence centers, and from it, all influence goes forth. It is the great center of attraction. You see where's attraction? Cross. For on it, Christ gave up his life for the human race. This sacrifice was offered to give him an entire transformation of character. Him, this us, humanity. Transformation of character, making him more than a conqueror. You see Nicodemus, we go back to Nicodemus. Let me add on this. 
What was the name of Nicodemus? What's the meaning of his name? Conqueror. But he became more than conqueror, right? He became a true disciple of Jesus. We believe that we have our lives in control. We follow the commandments. We are on the path to, to the kingdom. God wants us to give up on that control. And let him take control of it. Only then we'll be a conqueror. More than conquerors. It was Bill Graham. He shared a story. A real story. He was preaching one night. And he shared a story about a police officer. A police officer. Who was on his night duty. In the northern England town. And he was walking through the small streets. He heard a child crying. So he turned around and he found a boy crying, sobbing. He took the boy in his hand and he asked him, what's wrong? The boy was sobbing. He could hardly say, I'm lost. I'm lost. The officer started carrying the boy and said, no problem. I'll take you home. Just tell me your address. The boy was so confused, so in fear, he couldn't even remember his street, his street number. He was so lost. Okay, the officer then started pointing at different buildings on the street to the boy. Do you remember this? Do you know this building? No, he would just cry. Do you know this restaurant? How about this? And then when they reached to the center of the city, the police officers saw there is a tall building out there. It was a church with a, with a tall white cross. It could be easily visible and seen. And then the police officers said, how about this building? Do you know this? And boy turned his head. And he brightened up. He stopped crying. He said, Sir, take me to the cross and I'll find my way home. Sir, take me to the cross and I'll find my way 